What is up? Hello there. My name is Jessica Patching Bunch. You can call me JPB. And this is Brain Body Resilience. This is a podcast dedicated to growth, human development, and stressing a little bit less so you can go ahead and live a little bit more. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to Brain Body Resilience. I am still your host, JPB. We are in part eight of this mini series looking at the pillars that I use in the work that I do with clients and the foundations of what brain body resilience works with. Today, we're talking about expectations, expectations of ourselves, of others, perceived expectations from others, explicit expectations from others, and societal expectations. There are a lot of layers here that make expectations a major contributor to the stress that we have when expectations don't meet what exists in reality. So our expectations are created by our beliefs and all of our previous experiences. Your brain is a storytelling machine and a prediction machine. It is constantly trying to predict what's going on and what's going to happen based on the experiences that we have had in the past so that we know how to deal with what what we're facing now as part of that, that whole your brain only wants you to survive thing. It wants to know what's happening. It wants to know what to expect. It wants to know how to be best prepared. Only we can't actually predict the future. And so everything we're basing these on our experience that our brain is basing this on are experiences that we have already had. And if we're not trying to have the same exact experiences or the same kinds of experiences over and over again, which when we're looking for personal development and growth and healing and living with less stress and less anxiety, we don't want to repeat these experiences. And so this can, um, this can cause a little bit of, of, uh, trouble that we run into when we have these expectations based on our past. And we know that our perception of the world is influenced by our expectations. Our expectations, also called prior beliefs, help us to make sense of what what we're perceiving in the moment, what is happening now, again, based on similar past experiences. So we're just trying to make sense of what's going on and how to move forward. And if we are living on autopilot, Our brain is such a beautiful machine. It is going to give us kind of this blueprint that we have existing based on these past experiences to go from now. Like, oh yeah, okay, we already know what's going to happen. Just do this thing. This is what we did before. Which is why it's really important that we take a moment to stop and give ourselves a pause and a little bit of space to assess is this what I want to be doing to live with intention, to make intentional choices and intentionally respond to whatever it is that's in front of us instead of allowing our autopilot, our, our subconscious programming to just kind of make those decisions for us. And when we're doing that and we have these expectations without an observation of what actually exists in this moment, in, in this present moment in reality, this is where frustration comes in. So we have to understand, we have to, we have to be aware, we have to be present to make the observations and collect the facts so that we can build our expectations from like this current situation 
in order to be able to come up with a game plan and then take action. A lot of the time we have unrealistic expectations, sometimes for others and for ourselves. We have these expectations of perfectionism and having unrealistic expectations about ourselves absolutely contributes to feelings of anxiety and overall just like dissatisfaction with how we are performing. And, um, and then it can be really hard to, to deal with these things. That's where the anxiety comes up. That's where some depression comes up. That's where uh, this stress and internal, the internally derived stress comes from, from that negative self-talk from those unmet expectations. Perfectionism is usually the result of trying to live up to an internal ideal, or it can be based in fear and motivated by fear, um, the fear of judgment from others. Perfectionism is a trauma response. I found this piece, this little tidbit, which resonated so highly with me. And so I want to share it. And I understand that this is not going to resonate with everyone. So, you know, if it's for you, take it. If not, leave it. Um, so when PTSD, I have been diagnosed with chronic PTSD and I found this little snippet that said when PTSD stems from prolonged trauma, perfectionism often becomes a coping mechanism for some having lived in an environment where every action was motivated and dictated by an abuser. Perfectionism stems from the need to take control of at least one aspect of life. And I know this was true for myself, trying to control the pieces that I could became trying to control just all of these little minute details of, of life that didn't matter. A single crumb on the counter, big forks in the little forks space. Um, just the most ridiculous things, but it was something that I could control. And um, I had to grow and heal to step out of that space. In any case, perfectionism stems from believing that your self-worth is based on your achievements. It's based in trying to prove your worth through how perfectly you accomplish something or how perfectly you dress or how perfectly your family meets your perceived expectations, how perfectly you are meeting your own expectations or the, your, the perceived expectations from someone else. And so how we actually take control of our expectations is we base them in effort instead of an outcome because we can't control an outcome of anything. So we focus on what we can control and we focus on the effort that we're putting in. We focus on the actions that we're taking. We focus on the responsibility that we're taking. We focus on what we are thinking, what we are doing, the responses that we have, the intentional actions we're taking. And that's it. There's literally nothing else we can do. We can only do what we can do. And then we have to leave it there and see what happens. And that's really, really hard when we are needing to control every piece. So many times we have expect expectations based in shoulds and shoulding ourselves. And this is already taking ourselves out of the present moment, out of the reality of what actually exists right now and out of the realm of things we can control. Expectations of how it should be does you no good. When you're stuck in a space of should, you can't actually engage with what is. And so you lose all of the power. 
your power to do, to, to affect change, to make changes in how you respond, to manage your stress, to manage your anxiety, to manage your expectations exists in this moment and should does not exist in this moment because it's not, it's not real. It's talking about something imaginary. So when you hear yourself shooting, when you, when you notice that you're thinking about all of the shoulds, that should be a red flag for you to stop and assess kind of where, where you're at, where your expectations are going, what, what thoughts are contributing to these things. And when we're thinking about what, what our thoughts are and meeting these expectations that we have, we have to be aware of what our expectations are. Do you have expectations of failure? Do you have expectations of anxiety? Do you have expectations that something is going to suck? I used to think that if, if I expected the worst, then I couldn't be surprised when something inevitably blew up or ended up badly or became some kind of chaos in my life because I just I would be prepared for it. And then I would always wonder why I felt like the universe was just sending me all of the bad, all of the chaos, all of the messed up situations and bad luck and misfortune. The thing is, when we are expecting the worst, that's what we're preparing for. That's what we're looking for. That's where our attention is. That's where our focus is. And that's what we find. Because again, your thoughts are neuroprogramming tools. And if you're constantly programming negative expectations, you're going to behave in a way that communicates that with the energy that you put out and the way that you interact in the world with the people in your environment. And this isn't just, you know, a toxic positivity, just always look at the bright side and everything will be roses because that's not reality. Sometimes things suck. Sometimes things feel really shitty. There are bad things in the world. We go through traumatic things. We go through stressful things. But building that in as an expectation can be useful. We have to expect that things are not going to go our way. We have to expect that we are not just, life is not smooth sailing. There are going to be challenges. There are going to be inevitable failures and losses and obstacles and all of these things. So we have to factor those into our expectations. Expect to fail, but only if we're not planning on unpacking and living in that space. We have to feel the feels, process what they are, let them move on, and then we can move on. We can make moves and do what's within our control to move forward in the way that we want. And part of dealing with our expectations is communication. I think so many times this is a huge piece of our expectations, um, like interpersonal expectations, whether it be personal or professional or otherwise, anything in between those two realms, we don't communicate clearly about what the expectations are. Are we expecting others to know what we need without giving them the opportunity to learn from us about what we need? Everyone communicates differently, but if your subtle hints about your expectations aren't doing the trick, I have a friend who always talks about her frustrations with her her partner not cleaning is one example. And I ask, you know, have you, have you told them that this is what you need? And she says, well, no, but you know, I've, I've given strong hints, but communication is such a funny thing because strong hints to you may not even hit that other person's radar because we all communicate in a different way. We all have a different lens through which we see the world. And so we have to communicate explicitly 
Um, otherwise, there's just so much room for open interpretation. And I know for myself, I'm very particular. So I want to know that I have explicitly laid out my expectations for a situation or for an interaction, what have you, whatever the, the case is, that I have laid out my expectations clearly and communicated that. And sometimes we expect that others will think and respond and behave like we do. But that is just all the way around unfair. I want to dive deeper into this. This made me think about a whole, whole thing. Um, And I wasn't really clear on how to express this. And it kind of doesn't really fit into this episode. So I might do another episode on this later on, after I've collected my thoughts. But, you know, when we're expecting others to think and respond and behave like we do, or like we want them to, which is how we would do it, we're taking away their whole, their whole person, their humanity. Every person, every one of us has a different lens through which we view the world based on our experiences that have shaped us. And those inform how we think and how we respond and how we behave. And so expecting that somebody else would behave the way that we do is taking away everything about them. And that's not where we want to be in a relationship um, of any kind. And, you know, I'm going to let that simmer in my head and and talk more about that later. I think that's really important. So let's get into how we manage expectations in life. I've got 10, my top 10 here for you. Number one, set realistic expectations. And what I mean by this is not limiting what you believe that you can accomplish for yourself or what you can do, because that is just limiting. Those are just limiting beliefs and those are not useful either. What I mean by this is things take effort and things take time. And so we have to be realistic about what it's going to take for us to reach this expectation and how much time is going to be involved there. And we don't know exactly, but this segues right into number two, give yourself time. If you are basing your um, outcome, your results in 18 months to two years minimum, then we're not going to be disappointed when it doesn't happen overnight. We want stuff when we want it, exactly when we want it. And we live in this world that is just like full of instant gratification and immediate, um, immediate what, um, results, I guess. We're always looking for the quick fix and the, you know, all the, all the quick fixes. But that can make us then turn around and be hard on ourselves in terms of our expectations or hard on other people if our expectations are for somebody else or how something should be done. And it just doesn't make sense. We have to be realistic with our timeline. So give yourself a couple years. You will never be disappointed then. And number three, get crystal clear on what it is that you want. Vague expectations get vague results. And then you might be frustrated that it's not what you wanted. But what did you want? Get clear with yourself so that you can communicate clearly to other people about what your expectations are. Number four, be proactive. Focus on what you can control and then take aligned action. Number five, adapt to changing expectations. Flexibility is a skill that is learned and has a lot of layers. And I will be doing another episode on this one because it's um, cognitive flexibility and the ability to change your mind is such a huge piece of managing our stress and anxiety. When we have rigid 
um, rigid standards and rigid expectations, it will, I don't like to say things in absolute, so I'm really having a hard time, but it will lead to stress. It will lead to anxiety if we are not flexible because there's always the unexpected. And so, you know, it's okay that we change our expectations. When we have new information, we get to change our minds about what we want. And other people get to do that too. And that's okay. So allow yourself to adapt and change expectations as, you know, as we move along. Number six, don't judge yourself harshly. Criticism and beating yourself up gets you nowhere. It is a trauma response. And a lot of us have this, but if talking to yourself like shit worked, we wouldn't be here now. It does not help you manage stress. It does not help you manage anxiety. It makes those two things exponentially worse. Our internal stressors are some of just the main sources of our stress. And so it's just not useful. So when we have these expectations for ourselves, remember to approach them with kindness and give yourself grace. And ask yourself on these, if you have different expectations for yourself in the same situation, that you, wait, let me back up. Ask yourself if you would have different expectations for yourself than you would have for someone else in the same situation. And that can be a red flag to kind of start to look at. Why? What's the difference? Number seven, communicate about everything and ask for clarity on other people's expectations as well. We talked about getting crystal clear on our own communicate our own uh, expectations and what they are so that we can communicate them. In addition to that, ask for clarity so you can be super clear on other people's expectations as well. Number eight, prepare for problems. There will always be obstacles and challenges. Almost nothing is without some kind of obstacle, some kind of unexpected something that happens. So prepare and expect that you can figure it out. You can figure out how to take care of that challenge when it arises. Number nine, expect that everyone is trying their best and expect that everyone is dealing with something that you don't know about. So be kind. Number 10, observe the facts, the reality of what actually exists in this moment and be present and be willing to accept what is so that you can choose how to respond with what is needed in that moment. All right, that's my top 10 tips and tricks for managing our expectations in order to mitigate some of the stress and anxiety that we have because we are not doing these things. So I'm going to wrap this up and leave you with this challenge. Pay attention to the expectations you have for yourself this week. How are you expecting to feel? What is a realistic timeline for the things you're working on? What are your expectations based on? Are they based on the reality of the present moment or are they based on you shooting yourself about how you should feel or what you should be doing or how you should be doing it? Just notice where your expectations are so that you know how you can work with them and where they might need adjustment and where they might need to bring in some of that flexibility. All right, that's it for today. I would love to know how that challenge goes for you. Again, I always love hearing from you. I love knowing what resonates. I love knowing what is landing for you. So keep sending those in, those DMs. I love having them. Keep sharing the things on social media. I will always reshare and shout you out and have some, you know, actual interactions. I love that. Um, 
I know you could be doing anything with your time. And I am so, so grateful that you choose to listen to me and then, you know, interact. I am truly grateful for every single person that listens to this. So that's it. Wrapping it up. I hope you have a beautiful week. You know, we're going to do it again next week. I will see you then. You will hear me then, I guess. (laughs) But until then, peace out.